Hi, and welcome to the Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris O'Fault, Deputy Editor of Film and TV Craft at IndieWire. And today we're going to be talking to Maggie Gyllenhaal, making her directorial debut, and editor Alfonso Gonzalez about their Netflix film, The Lost Daughter. Um, but but you will not be hearing the dulcet tones of my voice interviewing Alfonso and Maggie today. And that's because, and this is very exciting, our new associate craft editor, Sarah Shackett, will be making her toolkit debut. Uh, Sarah's super smart, and she's going to be helping um, us take toolkit in some exciting new directions over the course of the year. More on that in the weeks to come as we start to further build out our craft coverage here at IndieWire. But uh, Sarah, Sarah's a wonderful addition, and I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. And support for this podcast and the following message comes from MGM Studios and United Artists Releasing's Licorice Pizza, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It was named Best Film of 2021 by the National Board of Review and nominated for eight Critics' Choice Awards, including Best Picture. It's now playing everywhere, and I'd add that in some theaters it's still being projected in 35 and 70 millimeter films, so definitely check your local listings for that. And it's for your consideration in all categories, including Best Picture of the Year. Aw, thanks for that, Chris. Hello, indeed, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Filmmaker's Toolkit. My name is Sarah Shackett, Associate Craft Editor over at IndieWire, and I am so excited to be presenting this conversation really between director Maggie Gyllenhaal and editor Alfonso Gonsalves of The Lost Daughter. It's an incredibly intelligent film in the ways that it chooses to present information to the audience. And I think that anyone who thinks deeply about the challenges of editing uh, or about sort of the collaborative process between a director and an editor, that process of discovering a movie, I think is going to get a lot out of hearing the two of them talk about their process and the rapport that they built and the ways in which they supported each other to really push what this film could do and could be. So this is a conversation that is not just for aspiring editors and directors, although aspiring editors and directors, you should take notes, but it's for anyone who thinks about how film is collaborative and what happens to art when it's collaborative. Uh, So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Alfonso Gonzalez. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for for being here. And I wanted to talk to you both because The Lost Daughter, like all films are are driven by the cut. That's kind of where we work out the story. But there's like a boldness and, and like a poetic quality to the way that this film cuts and how it chooses to introduce information to us. What is your approach to tackling a project like this where the edit needs to be like so psychological and precise it's it's hard to explain because it's i mean it's both an intellectual thing but it has to be emotional too so you kind of feel your way through the footage and you understand what's going on and and then you start setting up the actually the shape of the scenes and the shape of the story and how to move the story along and how much to offer especially a story that takes in two different time periods that is not like a straight what happens before this is what happened next there's something that has to kind of melt one to the other and you just have to keep moving and understand it's like we're not offering you immediately 
what's happening. There is, you know, Leda has a, has a reaction to something and something triggers a memory. And the memory itself, it's like kind of like memory. It's not, oh, this is what's happening. And sometimes you just, you kind of feel your way and you, you just understand the footage and kind of react to it. I think that also, even though the movie is a thriller and there is an element of, you know, who's lost and who done it and what's going to happen to her because she's done it. And that's important and that has to work. The, the move through the movie, the road that the movie takes you on, if you're really going to take the trip with us, is not that thriller. That's not the, the road through. Um, the road through is her mind. So exactly, like, what makes us move into memory isn't necessarily... Ba- well, it's interesting. It is both our narrative and... Yeah, it is, I guess, kind of our narrative. Part of the reason I think why the placement of the memories didn't really change much, even though um, the memories themselves were cut and shifted and changed inside of the cut, but the placement of them didn't change that much is because that is our narrative. You know, yeah. that, that movement through her mind is, is, the, is the roadmap of the movie. But, but, but I mean, it, that's, it's true. We in our mind, this is it has to be the thriller component that it has to be like once she, she gets the dolls, like what's going to happen, and it can't just be like poetic going through it. We have there's a reminder there is a, the sort of the excitement of being watching a thriller is like is she going to get caught or what's the remnants of if she does get caught or why they should do it. So you you, you get into the psychology of the character, not just the memory, but this, she just she did something at this moment that will have repercussions. You just don't know what the repercussions are going to be yet. But also, you know, the first section where Elena is lost, the little girl is lost, we didn't change that cut all that much from the assembly. You know, a wow. lot a lot of stuff in the assembly, we changed tons. You know, like, was, that was like, it was sort of like we were getting to know each other. And in fact, in the assembly, I felt like we were speaking different languages pretty quick. We got to be speaking the same language. But that was, um, I don't know, am I right? That I think yeah. that barely changed from the assembly because that was a real, and there were other things like this. It's just one that comes to mind. That was a real um, revelation to me, how much you pushed on the, you know, what ends up, you know, the sort of, the sort of conventional idea that there's going to be a movie about a lost daughter, like literally a lost daughter. But, and, and you, you really really in like a very elegant way really leaned into that and I loved it you know because of course that's not where it goes if that was where it went then that would have been silly but because it's not where it goes like to that was really really to me that was kind of a revelation that's awesome I completely understand what you mean by sort of coming to speak the same language in terms of shorthand with how you work with someone how that process came together was it just like in getting the assembly together was it in talking about references how did you guys uh kind of meld as a team well we actually had worked together before on maggie's short we worked remotely which is i mean it's not to say that like oh we worked with that now we got it it's but there was there was sort of like an understanding that somehow the language is existed and i mean it's, and it's true to every film you work on the first assembly of the film is basically, it's paint by number, for lack of a better word. It's like, this comes here, the scene A, scene one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, to the end. So it's a little dry, even though we try to put elements that make it a little alive. 
it's just not there. But the ideas are there. And it's just to be like, okay, this is our launching pad. And then we can, I mean, even if we change completely, but that was when Maggie came in and we watch it. And then we did like, okay, let's get to work. I have to say a couple of things about this. I think I, I was um, surprised by how immediately interested you were, Fonz, in in my mind, in what what uh, in really trying to understand me. I also was. I came in really wanting to understand you. I think that's a real part of a director's job. And 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 yet, you know, because I I I guess I felt like there were a couple things that happened early on where I was like, here's what I'm thinking. I know it's unusual that you you went with and you tried and you and and they sort of opened doors for us. I, I was very ready to have doors opened by you because I I had seen your work. I. I thought you, and we had worked together and it had been so easy, but also I'd seen work of yours that I thought was, you know, just incredible. So I was, I went in very curious and open. I was surprised by the degree to which you also were so curious, open, respectful of, of, of me. And it was sort of just had to get, you know, whatever, I don't know, it took, I don't know how long it took to really be in sync. But even the process of getting in sync was very exciting, I thought. Yeah, and, and I mean, but, but that's the thing, is like by watching the footage, I already had, I didn't know, of course I don't have the film that's going to be in the end, but I had confidence that the film was a great film. And to be like, once Maggie's here, we will, and I and I love to experiment. I'll be like, let's push it. Let's push to to like, there's no like that that sort of like that says there's no bad ideas. Like, in, in a way, it's true. I mean, I mean, we can't. We, we didn't have to invent anything. There's nothing like, oh, let's be. But we could push each other. Can we do this? We can try. Is this gonna work? It's, we only know when we do it. But it, there's there's no boundaries. There's no set of ideas that I came with. This the ideas is like this film is beautiful. How do I get the best out of it? What is the sort of the real, and it just like, let's do it. Let's get this, let's try this. Let's just keep moving and kind of get the, 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 the most out of everything we had. It was, it was so much fun. And the language, I think, was, was sort of being developed that way too. Also, one thing I really liked was really in the very beginning, I think the first day that we did any real work together was we really cut a lot um yeah. we yeah. we you know we were yeah. like we cut like like the first 5 minutes of the movie maybe more i don't know we just like yeah. took this whole like like beginning part out and then also even in the the very beginning we were like you know what let's just get rid of all this and just cut right in sort of felt like we were sculpting something and, and we were very bold right away which i was excited by that i liked that yeah, and, and, and just to feel like, and also feel safe to be like, you know what, those scenes, I don't think we need them. And it'd be like, you know what, you're right. We tried. It's not that we're like, okay, let's take it out. We tried. Okay, okay, okay. And then there was, we came to understand, it's like, yeah, let's do without. There's there's a transition from that, like, traditional thriller, like, oh, no, a child is missing, to what is this woman's mind and how does it work? And, and, and I think avoids, like, one thing I wanted to ask you about is sort of the motivations like in and out of the flashbacks, sort of what the process is for motivating those changes, but also keeping a little bit of that thriller and that mystery aspect. I think partly is not to 
when you go to the past, not to completely answer anything. There are things that, that come and they go. It's not like, oh, and this happens. Oh, and she's thinking of this because this happens. She's thinking of that. The first thing we see them, they're peeling the orange. That is actually something that became bigger through the film to the point that we added the very end. So those elements you start discovering, it's like, well, this is great. And it's a little sort of like disjointed and because it's part of it. And we knew also, okay, if we end with young Leda looking that way, and then we cut to old Leda, she's also looking that way. There's a little bit of like, the cutting doesn't need to be just the way you expect. It can be an emotional, it can be shapes and, and, and forms and just sonic. So you can do any kind of cut you want. It just, if you see it, it was like, you know, this actually is going to work well because it just feels right. That's a beautiful thing you did. That's one of my favorite cuts in the movie is that first time she goes back to, that was also something that really worked in the assembly, different music, but you, you really moved into the, the like kind of intensity of an anxiety memory and like how you're your heart starts to beat, you know, you really, that was very good, even though it was very different what we ended up with, that was very inspiring. And in even in the assembly, that, that, that first memory really kicked into gear, I remember, but that, that cut, um, which is all you, what you're talking about, like, it's sort of, she's moving like this and Jesse's sort of, it's, it's, you're right, it's shapes, it's light, uh, but it's also this connection in their minds. And it's, it's one of my favorite cuts in the whole movie. I think because, especially because it, we say, oh, this is, this is it. This is our language. It's, it sets up from the point on, it's like there is a, a freedom to do those things, you know, in the film. Also, we were playing with, you know, there's, there's a whole tradition of films about uh, crazy women. Also, um, really, really good movies that we all probably love. Is there alcohol in this? <gasps> oh, God, honey, no. What kind of mother do you think I am? <laughs> Why do you want a little bit? Because if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house. It was made by amazing directors and incredible actresses, but, but this is not that. And that was a very, very fine line to walk. Also, um, there's a tradition of movies about, about, you know, like terrible mothers. And so in these flashbacks, which are memories of her, some of them, of things she's really ashamed of, you know, oh, that, oh God, like the way that happens, I wish I, I still flash back to things which are minor by any objective view, but oh fuck, I wish I hadn't said that, you know, and yet they're intense and real. So how could we articulate that in her memory when there's a whole language of movies that you tip off one thing, you tip off, you have this woman be anything but perfect in a memory of mothering and immediately everyone is going to want to go down the road of this is mommy dearest. This is a bad mommy. And, and so we had to, in a way that was very valuable, this whole history of same with the thriller stuff and the, and the sort of like sort of scary family on the beach. There's a whole history of films that we could draw on that would kind of make your mind start to go down a road, which was not quite the right road. And we had to like both play with that and get the power we could get from that while at the same time remaining really truly not in the camp of this is a bad mommy or these are bad people or, you know, it was, that was a really fine line to walk, I think. And also, like you said, not giving too much away. I think that was part of what made the octopus scene not work. 
was because uh, we we that was this place where where Fondi really that was beautiful beautiful work and first we'd cut that scene we've told that story before you know that that was a scene that was really I thought really well beautifully acted well shot I'm really proud of that part of the script it was one of my favorite scenes I'd written and and you know it's like two thirds or not, I don't know what halfway through the movie yeah. and, and yeah. everything so far up till there we had just like kind of worked it. And then it just lifted off and we're like, great, okay, move on to the next. And we get to this one and we're doing the same thing. We're we're in the groove. We, we get each other. We're speaking the same language. We understand each other. We cut those scenes and they're just really bad. They're just really boring. And we didn't know why. And I don't know, you tell what happened then. <laughs> well, what happened next is like, okay, this is not working. And then be like, is there a way to intercut them? Or the, And then Maggie, I'm going to give the credit to you, Maggie. Maggie thought of don't look now well only because Fonzie who is very very knowledgeable about film and his assistant Ron had been kind of feeding me movies to watch I, I don't know if you were doing it on purpose or what but like I would come in and they'd be talking about some really interesting movie and then I would go home and watch it and I had seen don't look now but I don't know not in a long time and they would just been talking about it as a kind of thriller horror movie also emotional uh, and I've just seen it because of that. Yeah, and then so Maggie talked, how about Don't Look Now? Do you know the scene, the, the the sex scene, that two things that happened, there's a sex scene and they're dressing up. And when she said it, I immediately it triggered in my mind. It's like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I know. Now, now I know. He basically said, give me a half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did it because it was kind of amazing that they actually did two scenes the scene of him cutting the octopus and them eating the octopus, the dialogue fit. It can, it, and it keeps moving forward. I mean, they're talking about, and it gets deeper and deeper into the conversation, even though they take place in two different locations and it, the time is different. But it's just, as, as soon as it started working, it was like, oh, then I can, it's kind of amazing that it kind of, you see something for, I mean, I don't want to be too dramatic, but you see something being born in front of you, you'd be like, oh my God, this is going to work. And he's so exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in fact, you were asking about our language. That was a really good example. Here, we're talking about ideas. He, he you know, I, I come back after this half an hour and it's it really is like basically utterly works. Like it's just, it's like completely lifted off, alive, interesting, uh, compelling. It had that waltz temp, which then Dickon kept that waltz that almost like almost like they turn around the corner into the kitchen and it's yeah. almost like she's going down a rabbit hole or something and interesting things too is which became the, the experimentation she could say something in the kitchen and react to that in the living room so she, the smile is not from she's not really smiling specifically for that but it works it's like, or when she's a little like she feels, I haven't seen my, it must be nice to have like grandkids. It's like, I haven't met them. But the fact that you could actually inter, like they became interchangeable and just find what is the right reaction? Where is the right reaction? So it just kept it moving. That was so, so brilliant, Fonzie. Really that it was like, and another time I remember you were like, I, 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 I sometimes, you know, because I'm sitting behind him. And he's in front of me. So I'm always looking at his back and then the monitor. <laughs> Every once in a while, like the way I am now, he would like spin around. <laughs> like something really good had happened. Another time I remember a really beautiful sequence 
that you made just like lift off was the the end, right? Like uh, that whole sequence of um, she kicks the suitcases down the steps, yeah. which you always wanted to hold longer than me. And I've seen the movie with a little space, the end of the movie. Sometimes I'll come in before Q&A and you're, you're totally right because you're like, is she dead? Is she, what's happened? You know, the black cutting into the, car i think we cut a big chunk there too yeah we did yeah and when you really like made it work i remember you were really i remember you called ron and you're like check this out (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah i i I was gonna ask you about the the pace of this if if you had to explain it what is the rhythm of this movie how did you find it i think the movie calls for moments that you want to sit longer than you expect to to be if ladies on the beach, like like she's sitting back and reacting to something, memory or like they're they're, uh, it's it's I, I I don't know if I can explain what it is. Do you know, Maggie? Do, can you put into words what is? Well, like yeah, the people have commented to me that you know will hold like for example, let's say like that scene with Dakota after Leda finds her doll. You know, yeah. we hold on Dakota and we hold on her and we hold on her. And um, it's because what she's communicating hasn't been finished being communicated when the line is done. So I guess the rhythm is following this kind of subterranean conversation. But one thing I did think was cool, Fonzie also, I think you, I mean, well, no, I know you suggested um my composer, I met a lot of composers and Dickon Pinchliff, who ended up composing it, he, he pointed out to me that a lot of the music that I was responding to, that I was sending him as some um, influences were waltzes. I mean, I, I know they don't mean it literally what's the rhythm, but there's times where I've thought it's kind of a wall. It's interesting when he said it, I never thought like that's not intellectually I never felt that way but it was very interesting when he said it yeah that's fascinating because that's something where there is like sort of a set structure and a cycle it works with kind of how her how her mind is going it is a cycle in the same way that like a birthing of a child is a cycle is a repetition you know we start where we end except not exactly it is musical but it's not the the sort of the musicality that people tend to think of movies as something more a little more pop and they're like mm-hmm. let's keep it moving you know that's yeah. it's it's you you take your time and discover it uh, when the Italians come it's so beautiful because it's also the rhythm it has this really internal rhythm of yeah. what's happening between them and how do you discover the story and how there's an a, a elliptical moment that they're like checking each other out and then they're completely singing and they love each other and uh, that kind of recognition is just like oh now I'm here you yeah know, it's, it's- yeah but then I'll, I thought you were talking about when the family comes to the beach and I was thinking about that like if that had moved faster I don't think it would have felt real yeah and if it doesn't feel real then we don't care yeah you know yeah but plus I mean we wanted to use that Greek it was so beautiful like <laughs> let's just play this song through the whole thing it's the, the humor. I was talking about Alba, like with Alba and come in, there's a, something to it, but also when the, when the family comes. I, I think a lot about how um, somebody told us at one point in the cut that the beginning was slow and we thought about trying to cut a day on the beach. Hmm. And that was a really bold move, kind of late in the game. And we, um, we tried it. 
And what we realized was you can't get inside her mind if you don't have that last day. And the rest of the movie doesn't work if you if you aren't inside her mind. Yeah, and it, it, it was it was also like there's a there's a shot. It's not even a scene when Lady is walking towards her, and then she bowls over, and she's like clearly not feeling good, and she turns around. I mean, the amount of people who watch the film is like, what's happening? Oh, do you need that scene? And Meg would say, yeah, we do, because there is something actually happening there, and because of what happens there sort of triggers what happened next. So there is the moments are important, and the details are important because. They're connected, you know. And also that scene, which everybody told me, I mean, yeah, you, we, we just got used to it. We're like, yeah, okay, we got the note. Thanks. No, we're not cutting it. Um, <laughs> we took people's notes all the time. But we, we, were did, like, yeah. we were like, Absolutely. no, no, we like that one. Children are a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. But that scene wasn't what I really wanted it to be until we had the score. The score mm. is almost a tiny yeah. bit funny. This is not the vacation you thought you were going to be having. You know, it, it, the score makes it have just this other little spice, which in some ways I think I always kind of heard in it, but nobody else did. You, yeah. you did with me, yeah. I think. We yeah. both did. But until the score was there... Like, like when that piano starts in again, when she's like looking over her shoulder at the bruise, makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen now? You know, <laughs> I was going to ask about about that, because this is like not a, a comedy by any means, even though Olivia Coleman is an incredibly funny person. But like there are these moments where there's there's this kind of like wry humor to it. Yeah, I think it's important in a movie like this. Yeah, What were you going to say? You know what I was gonna say that I was gonna point to you like you can, you can expand on that like she would she would give her own lines or like change things around and make it funnier. That one thing where she says, uh, "I had written these like sort of strange, dirty jokes in the script." Um, you know, there's a few of them. Like oh, she says, "Oh, you're right between my daughters." You know, with the um, how old uh, Paul Mescal's yeah. character is. And she says, no, uh, I believe the correct response is sounds like fun. And then she threw in Will Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so, so funny. I also love the couple of Olivia does these like sort of like double takes twice in the movie. I think she she sort of waves someone and then runs away. And it's almost like Lucille Ball or something. Yeah. But I think life has some of that in it, you know, real life. It has something surreal. It has real comedy. It has real terror. It has real, you know, so that's, I think, kind of what we're saying is life includes, I mean, maybe not, I mean, even to the edge of a worm coming out of a doll's mouth, not maybe literally that kind of perversity, darkness, horror, along with straight up comedy and it's, it's all in there. It's all an actual, you know, surreal quality of an orange coming up into the frame out of nowhere. It's so interesting. I love watching when so, so, some people just totally go with us. And then sometimes people say to me, 
is she dead at the end? But then where does the orange come from? You know, to try to make it rational. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's not really rational. Yeah. This is where, this is where Fonzie and I, I think really met just, just with no effort. You know, I don't have to explain to you, oh, well, no, she's, it's just, it's an orange of the mind. Or I, mean, I don't even know how you would even say it. There's no way to say it. You know, you're, you and I were just like, right, right, got that. So now how do we articulate it? We never had to talk like that. You know, we're like. Yeah, there was never, no, nothing like that, no. Um, and another thing I just want to say about working with Fonzie also is, is sonically sound. I mean, we got into it a little bit, but it's really, that was really inspiring and really confident you know like in the flea market too you know we're talking about the octopus scene how we could jump um time with sound skip things same with the flea market we could just we don't we can just skip to what's interesting to us and do that sonically because that is anyway how how sometimes it feels to be alive and, and communicate i i was really nervous about not, not nervous, but I really, I thought, what is the sound mix going to be without you? Mm-hmm. Because so, I mean, even the way we played with sound in the scene with the Roberta Flack song, when she leaves, you know, that was very specific. And um, people had very different reactions to that scene when this line was brought up or that line was brought down. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I couldn't be there, unfortunately. But I mean, we had laid the ground to for Leslie like it was pretty like well I think because we had worked so much and he's a he's a very talented and smart uh mixer too to understand oh this is what I was going for uh but yeah being at the mix is something that that's that's I miss not being there I think that that would have been much better yeah yeah I know that was a really big part of our work you know yeah yeah or cicada you know the difference between an idyllic vacation with no cicadas or an idyllic vacation with just a few cicadas. Or a vacation with tons of cicadas is like oppressive. Like, yep. you yourself, you know? No, absolutely. And, and, and it's a driver into memory, too, sound. Bianca, do you want me to help you do your buttons off the back? Oh, so I wanted to ask, just follow up on one last thing, which you guys talked about willing to try things and being experimental and if you can think of one scene where you really really pushed and and were maybe surprised by the result i would love to hear about that i think what comes to mind is the roberta fleck scenes i mean they're like all those scenes together and they're so hard and there's so much going on and we made a really conscious choice it's like we know what's going on do we have to capture everything can we just feel by their the their physicality and and just playing it, it it's it's pretty it's a pretty bold move to do that to to go for that and be like let's do that i mean we question does it work does it work is this going to work and then once we did it then it became just by like do we need that line yes we do do we need to listen to but 
it just felt right to use it that way. I also think the end, the very end, uh, yeah, yeah. which you brilliantly pulled up the pill like snake and you know we tweaked very delicately after a while but you know that we kind of threw on the ground and tried many things and and that that ending ending with jesse came out of trying all sorts of other things you know also i mean yeah i mean yeah so that but i I've, i think about something that you said to me I think this, I've taken this note about something else I'm writing now from you, Fonzie, which is you said to me, you said, what will happen is that there's going to come a time where we're going to start trying things, making changes and putting them back, making changes and putting them back. And once that starts happening a few times, we're done. And I I noticed that about a draft of a script that I'm writing. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to put it back. No, I'm going to put it back. And I heard your voice in my head and I went, I think I'm done. Yeah, which is the, that probably the hardest thing with editing, because given the time you would like keep going, keep going. But that's the time, and, and we were nervous because it's like I had to unfortunately leave. It's like, do we have enough time? And in my mind, it's like we do, we do have enough time. We will, and we actually lock picture a day before it was supposed to lock picture. But there's there's a but that you feel like it's coming, it's coming, and now it's past. So when was it? What was the right time? And then it becomes a little bit of like, okay. I also thought it was really interesting. Like at first, when we weren't too far into the process, I was nervous about not having enough time. And you were like, yeah, I understand. Well, so let's work late. We'll work weekends. We'll make all the time we can. And then there came a certain point where you were like, we're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I'm still nervous. I still want to work nights and weekends. So you're like, okay, but we're going to be fine. And I, and I, I didn't know that. I really didn't. How could I have ever known? But but it's true. We were. We finished a day early. So nice. This is what it's like to work with an expert. <laughs> in today's podcast, and the following message comes from MGM Studios and United Artists Releasing's Licorice Pizza, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It was named Best Film of 2021 by the National Board of Review and nominated for eight Critics' Choice Awards, including Best Picture. It's now playing everywhere, and it's for your consideration in all categories, including Best Picture of the Year. Join us next week when Sarah and I talk to Mike Mills about uh, one of our favorite films of the year, Come On, Come On.